This US Open tennis preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contest, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. That's only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. When you enter the city of New York, you can buy a ticket to whatever you wish. And in a summer soaring with heat... The hottest ticket of all will bring you to the borough of Queens to watch the greatest tennis players in the world. That is brilliant tennis. Huge. With golden ticket in hand, they will declare, I'm here. I'm a part of it. And they are. That's the magic of the Open. The players feel it too, and they're hungry for every bit of it. The U.S. Open is more than a stage. It's a spectacle. And as summer comes to an end, it will rise like a heat wave, gain strength and energy. It will light up the town. There is simply nothing like it. Even in a city like New York, nothing compares to the U.S. Open. You are listening to your US Open Tennis Futures Preview here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow me on one or both of my Twitter accounts or X accounts. The first one is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast, and I have a 100% lock record this season, as well as giving out very, very solid picks on my show, particularly the EPL show that has started 8-1, and 7-2, and two, and 7-2 and two for the first three weeks of the season. The only way to never miss a show is to subscribe to the hottest show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, which is the Soccer gambling podcast you can also follow me at lockbetting x that's at lockbetting x that's where i tweet about all sports also post free plays on that account actually went 100% 2-0 with the free plays that i gave out this weekend so make sure you give that a follow that's also where i post my monthly PL because unlike many i am a tracked and transparent handicapper 
and I have now delivered 122 months in a row of transparent track profit. In a few days, that will be 123 months. That means I've been undefeated every single month for a sport for a decade in sports betting. Have I had losing days? Absolutely. I've even had losing weeks. But over the course of a month, I have never lost. I've been undefeated for 123 months. The proof, as I said, is on the Twitter account, the X account, at LockBankX, where I always post my monthly P&L. It's always the pinned tweet. But if you're interested in doing more further research, you don't need to scroll through loads and loads and loads of tweets. Just head over to LockBetting.com, where all of the spreadsheets are posted. Have a look at the type of bets we do. We manage a sensible bankroll. No five unit five star plays, no 10 unit maxes, no 20 unit whales, no 50 unit play of the year garbage. None of that sensible bankroll management. And ultimately, without chasing or doing anything stupid, it has led to over a decade of profit undefeated every single month. And we look for month number 124 in September. And hopefully, Hopefully that will be aided by a successful US Open because after winning for 16 straight Grand Slams, making a profit of 16 Grand Slams in a row, Wimbledon was a losing slam for us. Now, most people wouldn't acknowledge that, but the fact I can come on and talk about 16 successful slams in a row prior to that means that I have no issue talking about the fact that Wimbledon was not successful for us. We could have made a profit at the end. We needed Novak Djokovic to come through for us, but he did not come through for us in the final. And ultimately that made the tournament a loss. Had he won, that would have been 17 profitable tennis tournaments in a row. So Will Novak come through in America this time round? He hasn't been allowed to play in the country for a long time, as you guys know. He's probably been robbed of slams in Australia, USA and Wimbledon. He's already at 23. He's already the greatest player of all time, but he should have more slams. And it almost seemed like he would automatically get to 25 or even 30 until Carlos Alcaraz suddenly arrived and made a big statement by taking the Wimbledon crown away from him where Novak was a heavy favourite to get it done. Before we have a look at the outright odds for the men's tournament for this US Open, let me quickly take a time out to tell you guys about DraftKings. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, New customers can bet $500 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code SGP. As I said, new customers can score a ridiculous $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP, the crown is yours. Now, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, which shouldn't be a problem. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms available at sportsbook.com dot draftkings.com slash football terms. So let's move back on track and have a look at the outright winner market here for this year's US Open, where Novak Djokovic 
has now been restored as the clear favourite. Now, Alcaraz closed with Djokovic and some closed on and closed in on Djokovic. In some places, they were both at 6-4, 6-4 at one point. But after Novak's comeback win against Alcaraz in Cincinnati, the, all the books have moved Novak to the 6-5 favourite. So he's at plus 120 with Carlos Alcaraz available at 2-1. to one. It's then a big, big dip down before we get to Daniel Medvedev at 9-1. to one. It's 12-1 to one on Sinner. And then we have another big jump where Alexander Zverev is at 28-1. to one. Holger Rune, 33-1. to one. USA's Taylor Fritz, 40-1. to one. Tissipas 40 to 1, Herbert Husk at 50 to 1, Andre Rublev 50 to 1, Francis Tierfo 50 to 1, Kasparud 66 to 1, Sebastian Corda 80 to 1, Tommy Paul 80 to 1, Matteo Barrettini 100 to 1, Alex Dimonier 100 to 1, Gregor, Gregor, Drim, uh, Gregor Dimitrov 100 to 1, and everybody else is bigger and not worth talking about at 125 to 1. So this, for me, has been priced up correctly. There are a few people in the market who do interest me. For example, I think Berrettini's far too big at 100 to 1. It may be worth tracking his progress throughout the competition. I think he is somebody who could make a run in this tournament to at least the, the fourth round. He's going to be dangerous for anybody as well, as is Herbert Husk. We saw that Novak Djokovic ultimately came through against Husk at Wimbledon just because he was Novak Djokovic. He had the mentality to beat Herbert Husk and to get through those key tiebreaks where Herbert Husk was actually ahead and um, and relinquished the lead. So ultimately, ultimately, if it comes down to tiebreaks and it comes down to mentality, the thought has to be there that Herbert Husk can be a dangerous player on fast surfaces if he can sort out the mental side of his game. And this is another speedy surface, which again makes Herbert Husk a very dangerous opponent, which again makes him far too big and far too low down in the market at 50 to 1. But ultimately... I do believe that the two favourites in the market will reach the final. I would not dissuade anybody just from taking a bet on Alcaraz and Djokovic to meet in a final. That is actually a 2-1 to one plus 200 selection. And I do believe that they will end up meeting in that final because I just don't see anybody stopping them along the way. So it's probably worth at that point already having a little look at the quarter markets because the quarter markets may offer up some more value in terms of being able to find a bet other than taking either Alcaraz or Djokovic to win the tournament. As for who wins it, that's a very, very difficult call. With Djokovic the favourite, the value then shifts over to Alcaraz in what I think is still a 50-50 matchup. And the value definitely lies in Alcaraz in terms of reaching that final because Alcaraz alone is at even money, whilst Novak is priced up very short at 1-2 to two to reach the final. Alcaraz also offers some value to win his quarter here at 4-6, to six, with the main opposition coming from Janik Sinner, who's at 7-2. to two. Then you have Alexander Zerev at 9-1, to one, Andy Murray 25-1, to one, Dimitrov at 28-1, to one, and everyone else else is bigger than 33 to 1. I do believe that Alcaraz and Sinner can navigate their ways towards each other. Alcaraz doesn't really have any potential banana skins 
getting through to the potential quarterfinal with Sinner. If we have a look at the um, at the bracket here, that's possible. I mean, round one, round two, very, very easy. Then we get to round three and um, he could end up playing against um, BVZ or Jordan Thompson who meet in round one. They can both uh, cause problems with a big serve. But ultimately, that's just me reaching for reasons why Alcaraz doesn't just breeze through his opening three rounds. And then in round four, it doesn't really get too much stronger. Britain's Cam Norrie then comes into the conversation. You're then looking at um, Alexander Zverev, who still isn't really fully recovered. Maybe Andy Murray, maybe Gregor Dimitrov. These could be his round four opponents. I think Alcaraz gets through that relatively easily. As for Sinner... He could potentially face Stan Wawrinka early on in the tournament. That could be his biggest obstacle. But ultimately, I think he does find his way towards Carlos Alcaraz. And uh, that is likely to be a quarter final matchup with Alcaraz coming out on top. Daniel Medvedev is the favourite for quarter two. Now, I do believe that Medvedev should win this quarter, but... At 11 to 8, I think that's very short with Herbert Husk at 7 to 1. Medvedev isn't Djokovic, and the fact that he could push Djokovic to tie breaks and had a little bit of a mental breakdown or was just outmanned by one of the best mindsets, not just in tennis, but in all of sports, in Novak Djokovic, that's nothing to be ashamed of. But Herbert Husk, I think, has to be the selection here in this part of the draw. That's a very dangerous opponent for Daniel Medvedev, as is Matteo Berrettini. So section two is very, very difficult, and it's easy to oppose Daniel Medvedev. Now, Medvedev should be able to comfortably come through his first few matches. And I certainly think he's a shoo-in to get through to round four and even to be in the quarterfinal because he doesn't have to face both Husk and Berrettini because they ultimately have to face each other in round four. But Berrettini, I believe, will be in round four. I don't think he'll have any problems in round one against Hugo Umber. I don't think that um, Diego Schwartzman or Rindeneck are going to prevent him from getting through either. It gets a little bit more difficult when you're looking at playing either Monfils or Rublev later on in the tournament in round three. But I do think that the, that the version of Berrettini that we saw at Wimbledon does get through and we do get this huge matchup in round four with Berrettini and Herbert Husk. But I do like Husk to manage to get through that. If you took both Berrettini and Husk at seven to one and 14 to one to win this quarter and you opposed Daniel Medvedev like that, I do believe that that would be the best way in. As I said, I think Medvedev will get through to that quarterfinal. He's at 7-10 to 10 to make it through to the quarterfinal. But I think either Berrettini or Herbert Husk pose a very, very difficult matchup for him. And both of them actually pose a very difficult matchup for Carlos Alcaraz as well. Not a matchup where I think he'll be beaten. I think he's shown that he's on Novak's level and he's capable as a returner of rising to that challenge. So I do think that Carlos Alcaraz will end up in that final 
and um, the two main dangers that will stop either Novak Djokovic or Carlos Alcaraz getting to the final against each other are actually on Alcaraz's side and they both come in my opinion from quarter two I can't really give too much weight to Medvedev being a threat after watching how Carlos Alcaraz absolutely dismantled Medvedev at Wimbledon and it's really difficult for me to see anything but the same outcome between Alcaraz and Medvedev although the one thing I will say is that Medvedev obviously prefers New York to Wimbledon. Before we look at Q3 and Q4 let me take another quick time out to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. August is almost over and you know what that means. Time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. So the time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September the 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy and the promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. Finally, make sure you check out our Patreon, the SGP Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to contests, including the NFL Win Titles contest, with a $1,000 first place prize. First place prize, sorry. This week's Patreon Pick'em is all week one college football. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. So make sure you head over to Patreon and check them out. The quickest way to get there is to go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Moving on to quarter three. This is a wide open quarter. The odds tell you that the favourite to win this quarter is Holger Ruhn at six to one. Then you have Francis Tiafo at seven to one. Casper Rudd's also at seven to one. Tommy Paul is at nine to one. Sebastian Corder's at fourteen to one, and ADF Davidoff Fakina is at sixteen to one. With everyone else bigger than thirty to one. It's wide open. Anyone could win it. You can even go further down and look at Roman Safralin, who had a really, really strong run at Wimbledon. JJ Wolf is someone who can upset people with his serve. It should be Holger Run. It's not his favoured surface, but there's enough issues with the rest of the field in this market for you to take Holger Run just as the favourite. Francis Tiafo is too inconsistent, but if he is going to have a run anywhere, it should be in front of his home fans. He's certainly got the game to at least reach a quarterfinal here. He should be someone who's looking at this market and fancies himself as someone who could set himself up to face Novak Djokovic in the semi-final because we're talking about Novak automatically being the winner of Q4. Uh, Kasper Rudd, he obviously has problems on his surface too. His favourite surface is clay, but he has done well in the USA before. Then we come to the guys who can serve. We're looking at a Tommy Paul. We're looking at a Sebastian Corder. Again, somebody who could turn up in front of the in front of his own fans. Alexander Bublik lower down in the market. He definitely has the game to go further. If he could stop being an exhibitionist and just concentrate on getting the W, Alexander Bublik would be far further up in the ranking. So I hesitantly just lean towards the the favourite here. But honestly, there's value all throughout the draw. This is going to be one that's going to present very, very interesting matchups. And it's well worth using your tennis eye if you have one. If you don't, um, just subscribe to lockbetting.com and I'll do all the work for you. 
just to see how people are playing, how they've started, how many miles they have on the clock before they reach each other. And uh, there could be some value here for some upsets in the market, maybe opposing the three front runners in the market when they face particular people later on down the line. Um, I don't think it's any way a, a strong pick to take Holger Run here, but I do think he could be a, a shorter favourite. He just seems to be tiring at the Grand Slams. That seems to be his issue. He doesn't seem to be ready to have a strong Grand Slam run. He was beaten quite easily, which was disappointing for people by Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinal. Alcaraz had that extra level. Holgerun was able to hang with him, but lost a lot of the key points and ultimately went off in three sets when a lot of people were hoping for four or five because Holgerun had looked good up until that point. Um, if he goes one, thir- one further here and reaches the, um, the quarterfinal, final that will be enough to which is a semi-final sorry that will be enough to cash this bet and ultimately this time he doesn't need to face Carlos Alcaraz to do it he only would have to face somebody here in the rest of this quarter which I do think he's capable of doing if we see the best version of Holgerun at this tournament Finally, we move on to quarter four and we've pretty much already given it away. Novak wins this quarter. He's the one to four minus 400 favourite to win the quarter. And it's a big jump down for his opposition. 10 to one, Tissipas. 16 to one, Fritz. Um, 30 to one, Felix Oge Alassim. Uh, Serendulo, 33 to one. Musetti, 40 to one. I can't make a case for anybody. The only person who I will be interested in watching is way down in the market. He's 100 to one to win the quarter, which is Christopher Eubanks. He could upset some people en route to potentially setting up a matchup with Djokovic. Um, I mean, again, Tissipas and Eubanks are on course to play each other. And we know last time. Eubanks beat Tissipas at Wimbledon when Tissipas looked so good at Wimbledon, coming back from behind to beat Andy Murray. Then suddenly he got put out of the tournament by Christopher Eubanks. Now, a lot of people were looking forward to Tissipas and Medvedev, but it did not happen in that quarterfinal. Instead, Medvedev had to beat Christopher Eubanks and even Medvedev needed five to get past him. So he's a very dangerous opponent. Won't be dangerous for Novak Djokovic but could be dangerous for some of the other guys here coming up. Taylor Fritz, he's been quite poor this year, especially at slams, and he really needs a decent run in his home tournament. I have Fritz getting through the first few rounds quite easily. And if he looks good, he can be dangerous for people. But we're just trying to build up cases here. We're almost forcing them to not say that Novak Djokovic comes through this quarter because Novak Djokovic will, he will be coming through this quarter. Um, We can quickly touch on the women's side of things. We don't usually do that because the women's draw can be very, very inconsistent and hard to call. But I do have some takes on it. We're not going to look at the quarters markets. I have already put out my plays for my clients over at lockbetting.com for these quarters and and players to reach certain rounds like round four, quarterfinals, etc. I have already done all of that work. But here... We have Igor Swiatek at two to one to win the tournament. Sabalenka's at five to one. Corey Goff's at seven to one. Uh, Elena Rabakina's at ten to one. Jessica Pagula's at ten to one. Ons Jabert twenty to one. Muchova twenty two to one. Uh, and uh, Von Drusova, who won Wimbledon, twenty five to one. Everyone else bigger than fifty to one. So I'll talk about some of the favourites in the market. Igor Swiatek. 
She's the favourite because she's the world number one and she's cruising to many a tournament on tour. But she was recently beaten by Jessica Pagula and Jessica Pagula is definitely having a very, very good year. So she could be impressive in front of her own supporters. But big hopes will be on the shoulders of Corey Goff. And Corey Goff, after a first round Wimbledon exit, really, really has to deliver here. I'd be absolutely stunned if Corey Goff isn't dangerous and doesn't breeze her way past the first couple of rounds. But the two dangers for Switek, who for me isn't as invincible as she was, were Arsabalenka and Elena Rybakina. Rybakina is just consistent. You need to play unbelievably well to beat her. She has an incredible mindset, just like Switek. I don't think the gap between Rybakina and Switek is 2-1 to one and 10-1. to one. I really don't. And as for Sabalenka, she is the best women's player that there is. She has all of the weapons to turn herself into the next Serena Williams. She has that big serve. She has unbelievable power. And when she's on, she's unstoppable. But she's not unstoppable enough. In fact, it's fair to say she's unstoppable all the way to the semifinals of Grand Slams. And then if you just have a look at a record, she seems to have these mental breakdowns. Now, I'm very interested in taking Sabalenka up to the semifinals. So I'm happy to take Sabalenka to reach her quarter. But can she ultimately get over the line without a mental breakdown? Now, her team know how she is. And they know how to handle Sabalenka. At some point, things are going to click and she's going to reel off slam after slam after slam. They've gone to the approach of getting into her into America very early, doing fun stuff that you can see on her Instagram, going to have a meeting at Nike and uh, trying on nice dresses and whatnot, which you would say would be a distraction and something that another player doesn't need and it, it takes their focus off the tennis. But for Sabalenka, it's the exact opposite. If you know this player, if you've watched this girl and you've followed this girl as as closely as I have, then you know this isn't a bad thing. If you can get her mind off tennis and make tennis secondary, then tennis is just going to come easy to her because her natural ability and the power that she carries over can make her an unstoppable force. I always pretty much sprinkle on her to win every single slam because she is the best player when she's switched on. She's unstoppable because of the God-given weapons that she has. It's just a case of controlling that mindset, being able to not blow it the way that she did at both Wimbledon and the French Open, where Muchova came back from 5-2 down to win 7-5. It was an absolutely incredible meltdown. So barring another meltdown, she really is a very dangerous woman here in this draw. So if we don't see that third meltdown, that hat-trick of meltdowns from her, I really do think she can be a serious threat and a potential winner in this tournament. So that concludes your US Open preview, closing out with my lock here on this show. I think that Alcaraz and Djokovic are very, very 50-50 and you're offering me one to two on Djokovic to reach the final and you're offering me even money plus 100 on Carlos Alcaraz. I'll simply go with Alcaraz. I just cannot see anybody on his side of the draw who can beat him here in this tournament. If it's the Wimbledon version of Alcaraz or the Alcaraz that's got himself to world number one this year, he's going to be unstoppable at a tournament that he's already won. I also would not dissuade you from having a sprinkle on these two men to meet in the final, which is available at plus 200. I prefer that over picking any one of them to win the tournament. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.